This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. Evening all boys and girls, it's Friday, it's 11 o'clock and it's time for... (coughs) Good old Blue Peter, 60 years old this week. Yes, I know, that was from Cracker Jack. (coughs) We're going to be here all week at this rate. Young and foreign listeners will not have a scooby what I'm going on about. Well, no more than usual. Last week's show, I stated that the just heard Naz Nomad and the Nomad's one and only album was called Give Cindy the Night. Straight afterwards, a veritable trickle of emails dribbled their way into my inbox saying that it was Give Daddy the Knife Cindy. Yes, I knew that, but thanks for paying attention. Rest in peace, Buddy Lee Jr., who uh, would have been 60 last Friday. A fact that uh, I should have mentioned on last week's show. Sticking with things... Uh, last week for a little while longer not only will god's candy and ghost highway recordings be unleashing the stand for nothing album by the dipshits in february but as donny paycheck from zeke loves it and wants to put it out on his label digital warfare records there's going to be three different pressings each one on a different colored vinyl four if you include the Spasm Gang member version. As King Thomas, Spasm Gang member 100, so succinctly put it, fuck the major label.
The Hip Priests and their cover of The Stooges Loose. It's still beggar's belief that the Hip Priests have been unable to sign on a major dotted line. That was until I heard a piece on Radio 4 about how major labels use algorithms to scan social media, YouTube and the like. And when a spike is detected, off they go running, throwing just enough money at the artist to entice them for a one-off deal, then move on to the next flavour next month. Truly saddening. Fortunately... You and me don't subscribe to that sort of behaviour. Here's Saw Points from Vancouver and Out of Luck from the just-released self-titled album, which is the longest track on said LP, clocking in at a mammoth two minutes and two seconds. Progtastic. Points LP can be ascertained from deranged records, with the band citing the Buzzcocks, Coxbarra, Damned, Blitz, Mohead, Ramones and the Stranglers' influences, you know the whole album is going to tick all the right boxes, and it does. Right, as we haven't had a fan-funded segmentation for a while, I'm going to hit you up with two. First, it's the Electric Boys and the Ghost War Diaries LP. As with all things Pledge Music related, a whole plethora of goodies are available. Signed albums, vinyl, CD exclusive t-shirts, handwritten lyrics, test pressings, and even a dinner with the boys. Of course, the product has to be good. Otherwise, all of the above items become pointless and, uh, you know, a waste of money. Fortunately, to date, every single fan-funded project that I have been involved in has cut the mustard, and I don't even like mustard. On the strength of the first track that us pledges have been treated to, this trend is going to continue with the Ghost Ward Diaries. But don't take my word for it. This is Hangover in Hanover.
The second comes courtesy of Indiegogo and the 25th anniversary pressing of Paradise Alley's Psychotic Playground. To be honest, I've never been big on Indiegogo as a fan-funded platform because uh, we get to see how much the band in question are after to complete their campaign. I want to live in ignorance when it comes to how much a band spends on a project, like inflated ticket prices, but without knowing all the ins and outs. If I deem the cost rather extravagant, it puts me off, even if the price of the finished article is comparable to a pledged music equivalent. Having said that, though, Psychotic Playground is a must-have item, even if you bought it first time round, as there are three extra songs not found on the original. For the very few of you who need bringing up the speed on what and the wherefores regarding Paradise Alley, I shall read badly from their overview. The band was formed by lead vocalist Steve Vincent in early summer 1992 when he met drummer Richie Hale. Vincent had already had the name. Uh, They just needed to find some more like-minded souls to carry on the tradition of Hanoi Rocks, Dogs to More and the New York Dolls. Throughout 92, various prospective members came and went. Sadly with them went Richie, who relocated for a while to LA. Next paragraph. As 93 started, a lineup solidified around Vincent and guitarist Johnny Idol. And demos were recorded and gigging started in earnest. By September 93, with a lineup consisting of Vincent Idol on guitar, Damien Spider Cullen on drums and Richie Emberg on bass, the band returned to the studio to record what would become, oh pardon me, Psychotic Playground. By its release at Christmas, Emberg was gone, replaced by Kari, and the touring started again. The band managed seven crazy months of touring and partying before imploding at a headline show at the Marquee on Charing Cross Road. I think I was there. Uh, the end of the story? Of course not. A new lineup, more touring, including when Steve bought his friends the 69 over for their first ever 69 eyes over for their first ever UK tour. Oh, another album, fallouts, fallouts, makeups, too much drink and drugs, not enough drink and drugs. American tours, CBGBs, the whiskey, signing autographs as Aerosmith, splitting up again and changing the bad name, giving up. The band have done it all. <sighs> With the sad passing of Richard Hale at the end of 2011, be serious arm, the band slowly came round to the idea of reforming, finally hitting the stage again in 2013. But despite 
the support of the fans and the likes of uh, Viva Rock magazine. Everything seemed to uh, grind to a halt two years later. A chance conversation late last year saw Stevie and Taj decide to jumpstart Paradise Alley with a new lineup and quickly recruited Ben Alexander on bass. The search continues for two remaining members with the core of the band busy writing songs for a new album planned for 2019. Given that 25 years since the first album came out and with so many people keep asking about copies, the band decided that the best way to celebrate was to do a limited attention release, which brings us to here and now. I've known Taj since his days in Tattooed Love Boys, a good guy who can also be found in the London SS. Vocalist Steve Vincent, uh, I've only recently become friends with on anti-social media. Like Taj, he's a stand-up guy with a lot to prove, tall and sundry, with uh, not only the 25th anniversary of Psychotic Playground, but the mentions to be recorded new album next year. All that's needed are the final pieces of the Paradise Alley jigsaw. So if you think you... Or you know someone who fits the league guitarist bill? You know where to contact. Rock Radio UK.
Baby, don't go by Paradise Alley. And straight after that, Johnny Thunders and Daddy Rolling Stone. The features, both Phil Lynott and Steve Marriott from Johnny's So Alone LP, came out 40 years ago this month. Right, on to this week's live shenanigans. Saturday saw me up at the Half Moon in Putney to see Ebert Lundberg and the Indigo Children. As you ought to know... Ebert fronted the uh, soundtrack of our lives, and before that, the recently reformed Union Carbine Productions. Last Saturday, it wasn't the first time that Ebert and the children had frequented the Half Moon. On that occasion, though, I wasn't able to attend, and even though the squirrel had a ticket, she got lost between Putney Bridge Station and the venue. A whole 12-minute walk. She ended up in the crowbar, automatic pilot. She can fly all the way to Scandinavia, traversing foreign roads. But London, her hometown... Anyway, as I was at a loose end, I said I'd pick her up from the tube station and accompany her to said venue. I need to find no tubes running on that particular part of the district line Saturday. Obviously, we did get there with our second port of call. The merch table, the first was the bar. Uh, as well as Indigo children's CDs and records, I spied a live, Soundtrack of Our Lives, 10-inch record. Unreleased songs live from Slusson Henson at 2003. Totally old-school faux bootleg. White labels, white sleeve with a photocopied sleeve sheet of paper with the track listing and numbered. 15 quid later, it was mine. <laughs> What's your story? What did you leave behind? So what's wrong with the bubble that's blind? What's your story? What did you choose to do? What did you think of when they're picking on you? Well, I got worried with the right kind So the circle lights you mean Always gets down to your feet Cause I ain't gonna try to read 
From the aforementioned 10 inch, that was What's Your Story? That would turn up nine years later on Throw It to the Universe. Cards on the table. I've only heard played one of the Indigo Children's songs before, and that was uh, way back episode 503 that aired in June uh, 2016. And for the life of me, I couldn't remember what they sounded like. First on stage was keyboardist Rebecca Rolfart with Ebert coming on next to Rebecca's keyboard overtones. I did think, oh, gold, experimental. However, when the rest of the band came on and struck up, it was full-on rock. Some artists, when they leave a stadium-filling band, uh, take those songs with them into their next project, playing them live. On the strength of seeing Ebert and the Indigo Children, bearing in mind I couldn't remember what they sounded like, if he was never... To play a soundtrack of our lives song again, it would be too soon. Never had anybody not needed his musical history as a crutch than ever on Saturday. Having said that, though, he did treat us to some of the uh, some soundtrack uh, at the end of the seventy-five minute set. It wasn't the icing on the cake. More like the candles. Uh, whilst I was busying myself purchasing soundtrack 10 inches, the squirrel was doing likewise with Ebert and the children's last 7-inch royals that sounds remarkably like this. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh 
cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies And I'm not proud of my address In a torn up town, no postcode envy But every song's like go to saw us up in Tufnell Park at the Dome to see Radio Birdman and the Cavemen in tow. Loyal listeners will know that I've been trying to see 
uh, the cavemen for a while now and failing uh, every attempt. Well, not on Tuesday. Mission accomplished. And they did not disappoint. They are a band of Bon Scots playing at being the Ramones with instruments that seem to have been reclaimed from a landfill site. Well, maybe that's just Jack's guitar. All in all, though, a perfect way to start off my evening. From the Cavemen's latest album, Nuke Earth, this is Speaking in Tongues. Radio Birdman for maybe five times now. Unfortunately, even I'm not old enough to have seen the first time round. Um, August 2003 at the Rescue Rooms in Nottingham was my first time when Ron Keeley was still drumming for them. Now, only Pip Hoyle, Rob Younger and the legend that is Dennis Tech remain from back in the day. Tuesday's performance was one of the best I have seen them. Mind you... To start with, I didn't think it was going to pan out like that. As the first two songs, uh, Do the Pop and Non-Stop Girls, the sound balance and levels were shocking. All I could really hear was Pip's keyboards. But after Tom from the Phobics shouted out, Turn it up, yes! Things clicked and the band, the sound, just went through the dome's roof. It's been 12 years since we've been treated to new material uh, and that was in the shape and form of Xeno Beach. When bands reform. Uh, often new material, after the initial run of dates, is left out in favour of classic-era, crowd-pleasing songs. Not so with Radio Birdman. As uh, we were treated to, we've come so far. Open brackets to be here today. Close brackets from Zeno Beach, which, uh, for me, ranks along anything from Radio Peers or Living Eyes. <laughs>
gig I was planning on getting along to was the Speedway's album launch gig at the Nambuka yesterday. Yesterday being Thursday, the 18th of October, future and non-rock radio UK listeners. However, as you can probably tell, I didn't. I planned to, but once things on the home front had been ironed and strained out, Beckenham to the far end of the Holloway Road in time, just wasn't going to happen. Instead, I listened to their, obviously, just released album, Just Another Regular Summer, on my, well, our new NAD Hi-Fi setup, courtesy of Mrs A's much-loved and now much-missed aunt. I tell you, in all seriousness, uh, I've always had a couple of turntables. Uh, one hooked up to my PC for radio show purposes and to you know, rip to one of the zeros. The second part of the hi-fi in my front room, which, thanks to modern technology, was the size of a shoebox, but with less kick. The NAD? Fuck me. It's the cat's conkers. Even our next-door neighbours like it. As this week, I've heard them banging away and shouting along as the 100-watt amp and speakers have been cranked up. It's one of the tracks my neighbours have been grooving away to. That'll be the day the earth stood still. Drink the pain away. By the aforementioned Speedways.
Speedways were the Royal Cream and Nervous Wreck from their Ghost Highway recording split 7-inch with the Volcanics, whose contribution is Changes On My Mind. a lot for this week well not quite as taking us to the midnight hour will be the sick boys review and their new seven inch srb thanks as always for tuning in and out as uh, i'm sure your time like mine is very precious until next week take it easy take it away you sick boys i don't have a brother nor a sister i'm alone i can get support because all my friends are gone but one day I found out I have a family Previous fighting mama I got the music, bless me Bye.